wanna wanna wrap up. I'm getting very close to wrapping up this series I've been doing entitled "I Need More." For those of you who've been following me, you know I've been looking at Exodus 33, and I'll just take a few minutes tonight to plug away again in that passage, Exodus 33. The verses we have been uh, dealing with of late are verses 18 through 23. Last week when I concluded, um, I stopped before the last point, and I want to give that last point in, in an A, B, and C to finish the thought I was working on last week. Beginning at verse 18, then Moses said, please show me your glory. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, for I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show compassion, that is, love and kindness, on whom I will show compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. Then the Lord said, Behold, there is a place beside me, and you shall stand there on the, the rock. And while my glory is passing by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock and protectively cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you will see my back, but my face shall not be seen. The word of the Lord. Interestingly enough, God gives Moses this beautiful glimpse of his glory. He gives him this wonderful opportunity to see him in his divine splendor, to see the very essence of God at God's very best, at the highest pinnacle moment of worship and fellowship. God gives him a chance to see him in what only can be described, which was the point of last week's message, as his majesty. God is willing to show his majesty. God shows his majesty. Some of you uh, may have be Netflix enthusiasts, and if you watch or, or keep up with what's going on, Netflix won a number of awards last night at the Emmys for some of its broadcasts. This one did not receive an award, or it may have, and I just wasn't paying attention this morning. But what is interesting to me is there's a show on Netflix called The Crown. The Crown. If you have not taken the time, it's a 20-episode show. It's interesting. But what is interesting about it, it is a period piece that describes the... Uh, the elevation of Queen Elizabeth to the throne. And it goes through her life expansion and what goes on, everything from the giving up of the throne of her uh, uncle to her own placement upon the throne. What's really interesting about the crown is it gives you somewhat of a background look. No one of us uh, can ever really see fully behind the uh, veil of what is the British monarchy, but it gives you somewhat of a glimpse into the life of a royal. In America, we have no real royals. Now, we've got some people in America that live royally, but we have no real royals here. 
the closest we ever really got to uh, that royal class would have been years ago when the Vanderbilts and some of those other very wealthy persons went to Newport, Rhode Island, where they had their summer homes and they built mansions there. And uh, my wife and I now maybe 28, 29 years ago when we were newlyweds, we were, I was doing a series of revivals there in Newport and during the day, my wife and I took a tour of the castles in Newport. Uh, they are castles. They were family homes for the very, very rich here in America. They are castles. Uh, matter of fact, most of our homes could fit inside of one of them. These are humongous places. Please don't take, uh, uh, take for granted how close we are in proximity to it. Sometime you might want to take a ride and see what it looks like. The, the grandeur and splendor of the lifestyle of those individuals. What was interesting to me about the crown is that when the queen dresses up and when she was to put on her, her finery to get ready to take her position as queen, she had to practice. And what she needed to practice was not how to walk, not how to stand, but how to hold her head up carrying the weight of her crown. I don't want to go in that too deep because that's a sermon in and of itself and others in here are ready to preach it. But she had to learn how to hold it up with the weight of the crown because it was so bejeweled. It is so bedecked. It is so splendid. It is such a wonderful piece that it's heavy on the head. And the truth is that the crown is heavy. And I think of the glory of and the majesty and the pomp and circumstance of her, uh, her, her, her installation as queen. And then I tried to imagine what Moses might have experienced being next to real glory. Being next to the real splendid one. Being in the very presence, not of human royalty, but of divinity. Not, not of flesh and blood that, that, that has all of the same bodily functions of the rest of us, but of he who sits upon the circle of the earth. I can only imagine what he must have been able to witness being in the very atmosphere where God had, had told him, I will show up. Not, not even at the moment of viewing God. Just the anticipation of getting ready to see God. I don't know if you've ever gone to see somebody that inspired you, some uh, great music artist or someone you really looked up to. The anticipation sometimes is, is let down by the actual visitation. You, you all hyped up to see your favorite band and then they don't pay, play your favorite song. You, you all hyped up to see your favorite dancer and then they don't do the dance you wanted to see. You, you're, you're hyped up to see the great, great portrait, but when you get there, the portrait is less than astonishing to you. You're, you're hyped up to go to Europe and when you get there, you look around and say, is this what everybody was talking about? You're hyped up to go on the cruise and then you get on the cruise and you say, and this is what I paid for. It's amazing how things don't always live up to the hype. 
It's amazing how you can get your adrenaline going with expectation that is left unfulfilled. But Moses would not have that experience. His expectations would be exceeded because he was going to be in the very presence of Almighty God. I want to suggest to each of you today that you need to prepare yourself to be in the presence of God. You, you need to get excited about being in the presence of God. Sometimes I see people come to church as though they were coming here out of duty. I must be there because I'm on the board. I, I must be there because I'm a member of this particular group. I must be there because if I don't show up, people will talk about me. No, I, I think that you need to get to the place uh, Gardner Taylor, who has now gone home to be with the Lord, pastored uh, the Concord Church of Christ in Brooklyn for years and, and had a wonderful pulpit, a beautiful uh, pulpit. And on his pulpit was, all, was the words uh, that were spoken uh, by the men who came to see the Lord. And he always had it written there for every preacher to see when they stood up behind that desk. And it simply says, sir, we would see Jesus. The reality is that when you come to worship, you ought to come looking to see Jesus. Looking to see what God is going to do for you. Looking to see how God is going to bless you. There was something in him that did not, did not want a, a trivial relationship with God. He, he wanted something more out of God. He, he wanted a deeper walk with God. He wanted a presence of God in his life in a greater way. And each of us needs to get to the place where we stop hungering and thirsting after stuff we can get for ourselves and start hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Start hungering and thirsting after God. I, we ought to get excited about, God, what are you doing right now? And how can I participate in what you're doing? Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, how can I be a part of it that you won't do it without me? God, I want to see you. I want to see you in your glory. I, I don't want to get to you, Lord, when I've done something wrong and you need to put me in check. I want to be around you just to be around you. I don't want anything from you. I just want to be near you. I don't have no request. I'm not asking you for silver. I'm not asking you for gold. I'm not asking you to give me a bigger house. I didn't ask you for a car. I didn't ask you for the latest gadget. I didn't even ask you for an iPhone XS mask. Oh, oh God, all I really want right now is to be in your presence because in your presence is fullness of joy. And let me be in your presence. I want to just be where you are. And sometimes all we think of God as is someone to give us stuff. I don't know about you, but, but if all people call you for is when they want something, you get a little tired of that. Don't, don't just call me when you want something. Call me when you want to say hello. And you mean that all I need is a hello. Call me when you just want to check and see how you're doing. And it's not simply some words you say because everybody says you really care about my well-being. You care about how I'm really doing. What, what he wanted is, God, I want to have a how you're doing meeting. And I really mean how you're doing, God, because I'd like to be doing whatever you're doing with you, for you, and in you. There's something to be said 
about God and he, he wants his desires to be with God and, 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 and God is willing. This is, this is the crux of the message that, that God is willing to show him his majesty. And the, the A underneath there is that, that, that God's willing to show him his majesty and that majesty is impressive. It's, it's impressive. It's impressive. Thank you, Lord. It's impressive. I, I'll show you something that's impressive. I'll show you my sovereignty. I'll show you something that is beautiful on a scale above your own sight. I, I'll show you something that is dignified. It's, it's impressive. And, and you know, the, the reality is that, that, that a part of what makes it impressive is his majesty is not in a robe. It is who he is because he is clothed in majesty. That, that's who he is. He, he, it is. It is him all the way. The psalmist puts it this way, Psalm 93, if you want to write it down. Psalm 93, verse 1 says this, says, The Lord reigneth. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength, wherewith he hath girded himself. The world also is established that it cannot be moved. Thy throne is established of old. Thou art from everlasting. Now God said, I, my majesty, you're, I'm clothed in the, you, you. He says, you're clothed in the majesty. I, I like that. Psalm 96 verse 6 declares it in this way. Well, let me, let me, let me back up because Psalm 96 has a, a shout attached to it. Let, let, me, let me see if I can lift it up. I know you don't, we don't do it much, but Psalm 96 verse 1 says, Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord. Bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory. Wait a minute, watch. You ought to say that again. Declare his glory. Not my glory, but declare his glory. And where am I going to do it at? I'm not just going to do it in the church. I'm not just going to do it around saints of God. I'm not going to, you know, it's easy to declare when everybody around you is like-minded, when everybody around you believes in the glory of God. But the Bible says, declare it among the heathen. Let the heathen know the glory of God is real. Declare it, his, his wonders among all people. Not just your people, all people. Declare, declare. He said, for the Lord is great. I, I, I need to just preach that right there. The Lord is great. And, and in case you didn't get it, the psalmist said, let me help you again. He's great and greatly to be praised. He, said, he says, for he is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord has made the heavens. He, let, me, let me work this one more way. He says, in case you didn't know it, everything else that folk are worshiping other than the true living God ain't nothing but an idol. Ain't nothing but an idol. They're just idols. They're just idols. And you be careful not to make new idols out of stuff God puts in your life. 
Because some of us, we end up making idols out of things God give us. We make an idol out of our homes. We make an idol out of our vehicle. We make an idol out of our raiment, our clothes that we wear. We make idols out of Reverend, how do I make an idol out of it? When I put it above God. I can't go to Bible study because my idol has me doing something else. I can't go pray because my idol needs me to go wash it. I can't go over to visit the sick because my idol tells me that it's my time to get my oil changed and I ain't got no other time to do it. My idol gets ahead of my service to God. Verse 6 puts it this way. He he says, uh, honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are his sanctuary. Honor and majesty, strength and beauty are his sanctuary. That, 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 that resonates in my sanctified soul. I, I could dance right there because strength and beauty are his sanctuary. God, help us to get to the place where we honor him. The psalmist in Psalm 104 comes back to offer us the same thing again. He says to us, bless the Lord. Y'all, y'all didn't get that. He said, bless the Lord. He said, bless the Lord. He said, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Oh, Lord, my God, thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. Who covereth thyself with light as with a garment who stretches out the heavens like a curtain, who layeth the beams of his chamber in the waters, who maketh the clouds his chariot, who walketh upon the wings of the wind. I I need to recognize that God's majesty is impressive. It's impressive. And I think think a part of the, the impressiveness of his majesty is because it is expansive. It is so wide. When I was a little boy, we used to sing a song that, that God, so, God is so big. Huh? Y'all, y'all know that one? God is so wide. Yeah, you're so big you can't get over him. So wide you can't get around him. And then the little kids say, you must come in at the door. I say, y'all, y'all need to go back to Sunday school again. Listen. It, it's impressive. But not only is God's majesty that he's willing to show impressive, it's also inspiring. Inspiring. You see, I ought to get excited in the presence of the Lord. Now, let me, let me, let me preach a little bit here because I feel a little, a little something-something on me right now. You need to recognize that um, when you're in the presence of royalty, something about it inspires you to do a little different. You ever notice that people sitting in the presence of the queen sit up a little straighter, wear their clothes a little more dignified? Some, some folk in America were, were upset with Meghan Markle when she married Prince Harry because they, they've seen her on suits. And they've seen her on fashion magazines, 
And they've seen her in the American tabloids. And they know how she likes to show her legs. She, she, she was in the group that if you got it, flaunt it. They know she liked to wear clothes a little tighter. Yeah. They, they know that, that the absence of material for her made for good look. Is that all right, Brother Jose? But when she went down the aisle, her arms were covered. Her chest was covered. Now, now, now in those other pictures, there are glimpses of, of her little glory. But not now. Now she's in the presence of the queen. You don't even cross your legs like you used to cross them. You don't show the skin you used to show. You don't speak the way you used to speak. Everything you do is different now because you're in the presence of the queen. Harry says that he's, a, he's her grandson. He says when he meets her in the hallway, for a moment there, it's a moment of terror before he relaxes and realizes that's grandma. Because she's the queen. And it changes how you behave in the presence of the queen. Well, I thought I would preach this thing just right here. See, if you've really seen the glory of God, and if you're in the presence of God, it's going to inspire you to change what you may have done in your flesh. You won't be able to do it in the presence of the King of Kings. You don't just go any old kind of way into the presence of the King. Oh, man. You, 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 you change. Something happens because you know you're in the presence of royalty. I wish to the Lord my God that folk would realize that we live with a God that sees all, hears all, and knows all. And that whether we realize it or not, we are perpetually in his presence, whether we acknowledge that presence or not. Whether it is manifested before us in a visible way, viscerally on the inside or not. We are yet in his presence. I wonder how that would change us in the parking lot. If we knew we were in the presence of the Lord. I wonder how that would change us on the, on the phone. If we knew we were in the presence of the Lord. Oh, I'm teaching tonight. I, I feel this thing. I, I wonder how that would change our, our dialogue, our conversation, if we knew we were in the presence of the Lord. If, well, let me, let me put it to you like this. If, if, if the president, 45, had known that his lawyer was taping him, He might have used some different words or changed some words 
if, 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 if the chief of staff had known that Amoroso was taping him, he might have used some different words. If the sister-in-law had known that Amorosa had a tape on the other end of the line when she was being offered a job, she might have used some different words or not made the call at all. <sighs> Things change when you know where you are. He, he, he wants to bring him in his presence because... Son, uh, you, you can't handle this full look, but I can tell you this much. You won't be the same when you see what you see. You won't be the same. Oh, my God. I, 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 somebody in here right now, you, you've had an experience with God that you've been trying to duplicate because you can tell for, for yourself that that experience changed you. And you want to get it back. You want to have another one just like the other one. And I want to tell you, God wants you to experience him because he wants to inspire your life, not just in the sanctuary, but in the ordinary. He wants to inspire you. But, but, but then finally, I, 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 I leave you with this one. This is, this is it. I got to, this, is, this is my good one here. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing my, my pedal here. I feel something here. But, but finally, not, not only is God willing to show you his majesty, and it's going to be impressive, but, and it's going to be inspiring, but recognize this much, it's going to be intense. Intense. Reverend, what do you mean? Well, you, you need to know that you can't be around that much anointing and not have something shake. You, you can't be around that much anointing and not be moved. M Moses, uh, my presence is so great and the glimmer from me is so great, I'm gonna put you inside of a cleft because you can't handle it right now. And I'm gonna cover you with my hand until most of me has passed by you. But even what I give you in my hinder part will be greater than anybody else has seen because I'm going to give you an experience of seeing my glory. Now, now, now you need to get this before you go home. God delights in having an intense, intimate relationship with his people. Now, Reverend, why are you going to go there? I'm so glad you asked that question. I'm going somewhere. Why are you going to go there? Because God said, I want to be so close to you that I'm willing to get inside of you. That, that's how close I want to be. I want to put my presence in you. Now, I, I, I can be near you right now, but you're still a little, little flaky for me. So let me clean you up first and purge you first. 
Lord, how are you going to clean me? I'm going to clean you with blood. Lord, how are you going to cleanse me? I'm going to cleanse you with blood. Lord, blood stains. But this blood washes away sin. Lord, 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 how am I going to get that close to you? How am I going to be that close to you, God? How am I going to be need? Well, I'm going, to, I'm going to send somebody to die for you. And, and, and watch this, y'all, because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to push this thing just a little bit further, if you don't mind. He says, I'll send him, but not only would I let him die for you, he says, but, but I've got a high priest and a chief mediator. And he says, but when he is done, Hebrews puts it this way, when he was finished, Hebrews chapter 8 says that when he was finished, he, he went on up to glory. And he sat at the right hand of God. No, Reverend, you got that wrong. I sure did on purpose. He didn't just sit at the right hand of God. He sat at the right hand of the majesty of God. And as he sat at the right hand of the majesty of God, the Holy Spirit came into the earth realm to be here in the presence of God's people so that there was just as much God on earth as there was in heaven. And the Holy Spirit here brought a bit of the majesty of God to us and he indwelled in us. And in dwelling in us, he blessed us so that our tongues would be changed. So that our ways would be different. So that we would have a comforter, the Pedocletos. We'd have a divine counselor. We'd have somebody on the inside. And because he is there at the right hand of the majesty of God, what is he doing for me? He's talking like Moses talked, face to face. But not for himself. He's interceding for me. He's interceding for you. He's speaking on my behalf. Can, can, I, can I give you all a little glimpse of what he probably said about you this morning? Lord, I know they're not perfect, but I died for them. Lord, Lord I, know, I know they've done some things that didn't please you, but I loved them enough to die for them. Lord, I know that, that their sins are, are already forgiven because you said they were forgiven because of the sacrifice of Calvary. And since their sins are forgiven as a result of Calvary, God, I ask you right now, don't hold it all against them right now. Please, God, don't look at them. Look at my blood. When you see them, don't look at them. Look at my blood. When you see them, don't look at the way they are. Look at the way they can be and the way they shall be because they've been covered with my blood. And God, show them your glory one more time. Not because they deserve it, but because my grace is sufficient for them. And my grace is made perfect even in their weakness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for your glory.
thank you for your glory. Hallelujah. 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 The majesty of God. It's impressive. It's inspiring. And it is intense. Hallelujah. I invite each of you now to pray for someone else while you're standing.